One way to maintain your lifestyle in retirement is to make sure your plan evolves with you. On today's show, we'll highlight some steps to take to help you get there. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jules. Welcome once again to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and we have a full studio once again today uh, for uh, Dual Financial Strategies. And again, we have Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and uh, we're ready to talk about your retirement and uh, some of the most important things that you uh, really should consider when you're planning for your retirement, especially as you near the day you're hanging up your work shoes. And uh, we're going to go over some of those things. Uh, Sam said earlier, uh, maximizing catch-up contributions because when you've got a 401k and you're over a certain age, right, Sam, you can really do yourself a, a great benefit. Yeah, that's for sure, Chuck. And it's it's whether it's 401ks, whether it's an IRA, it's on all of these what we would call qualified plans. But uh, there are some people that are behind on their savings or they just want to bolster their savings more, especially in times like this, where many of you have saw some probably some fairly precipitous losses here in the last four months. Uh, so as you approach retirement, uh, the IRS will allow you to contribute extra money to your retirement accounts once you reach the age of 50. So the magic number here is 50. Uh, and we do know and have been talking about what's called the Secure Act of 2.0. And once that is passed by the Senate, there are even more opportunities inside of that piece of legislature to boost to those catch-up contributions. Absolutely. And again, uh, this is pending in the Senate, as we said before. Uh, so stay tuned for that in that Secure Act 2.0. But Andy, uh, what retirement accounts, one would ask, uh, should you withdraw from first? And that's something I know uh, you can help people with. True. So there's always one thing I would say it always depends, basically. But one thing all retirement accounts have in common is that you won't have to pay taxes on your investment gains as you go. But some accounts, such as 401k plans, traditional IRAs, they do require that you pay tax on any withdrawal that you take. So unlike a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, which allows for tax-free distributions, the deal is, is that you are postponing taxation with your traditional plans, IRAs or 401ks, 403bs or 457s, and then with a Roth plan, you are paying the tax up front to put money in there to have it grow tax-free. That can be a benefit if you need to take money out, for instance, to qualify for like the premium subsidies from the ACA healthcare plans. Prior to turning age 65, that can be a big help to people if they need to pull money out and not have it affect their income levels. Um, Roth IRAs are generally your hero. All right, Luke, uh, I think there are some variables when you talk about retirement and one may not want to stay into Fox Valley. You might want to think about where you want to live. Yeah, where you live has a huge impact on how far your income will go, um, what your retirement will look like, especially if you're feeling a little bit behind the eight ball leading into retirement. There's a lot of different cost disparities uh, between different areas of the country. We're pretty fortunate here in the Fox Valley to have um, an lower than average cost of living. So if you end up, you know, staying in the area, you know, you benefit from that. But, you know, you may be considering moving closer to the grandkids. Maybe they're in a different area. What will the cost of living look like there versus here? There's states that benefit from no income tax. So that can be considered. And some people even look to live outside of the country where their dollars might go even further. Absolutely. Now we're talking about what to think about when you're approaching retirement, when you're in that red zone. Lots of different things, Sam, to consider. And one of the things is if you like what you do, uh, whether you're still going to work, even if it's going to be part-time in retirement. 
that's becoming more and more common for people to do that. that i mean i get it some of you it's like you're done and that's what you're looking forward to and you're not going to work another day in your lives but for many people today um, staying active by continuing to do something, even if it's not what your old job used to be, um, they do it. We see that all the time where you'll retire and just go to work Next time for we see you, you've got another Home job. Depot or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that go to work in retail or a lot of people will uh, leave their job today because so much of what's done today is technical and they'll even consult. They'll. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon at all for us to see people go from a full-time position with a company, sever their, their service, and then just go into a part-time position with the company working whatever you want to work, 15, 20 hours a week. And for any of you that are considering doing that, I would tell you uh, in the couple of decades that I've been doing this, I have never, ever seen a better time for you to go to your employer and say, hey, I'd like to really kind of start to hang it up here, but I'd really just kind of like to take some baby steps out the door. Can we make an arrangement so that I am now a part-time employee, so on and so forth? And when you go to them with that uh, with that question, you probably better be ready to make that change because mm-hmm. I would well guess that one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to have a conversation where they're going to want to know what they need to do for you to keep you on full-time, <laughs> or they will enthusiastically take that part-time offer. <laughs> and Andy, I think going hand-in-hand to what uh, we talked about before uh, with Luke saying, where will you live? Will you stay at a Fox Valley? Whether or not you should downsize if you stay in the area and uh, maybe go from that maybe five-bedroom house to maybe a two-bedroom condominium. Well, that's absolutely true. From a standpoint of whether you should or shouldn't downsize, I think it's all up to what you want to do, where you want to be. How often do you have people visit that can make a big difference? And I think for most people here, um, they generally stay and they generally stay where they are at and they appreciate having you know, a place that the family can come back to um, and that everyone probably collects at your house. So, so having that space may be a good thing, but like I said, it all depends. So if you want to do that, then you should um, to be closer to family. So I, I think it's important that you just take time to really investigate what your retirement should look like or what you want it to look like. What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to spend time with? Because you're going to have 2,500 hours that you got to figure out something to do with. Absolutely. And it's true. Uh, when you look at uh, preparation for retirement, we're talking uh, to Sam and Andy and Luke about these things and how you should invest before and after retirement. That's got to be a consideration, Luke, as well. It should be. Yeah. And as you as you get closer to retirement, there's kind of two pivotal points from a risk standpoint. Um, first, as you're approaching retirement, you may want to dampen or pull back some of the risk inside of your portfolio just to shelter that from any major losses. Because one of the big risks that you're going to face as retirees is what we call sequence of return. How can the market return money over time? And the big risk is, you know, seeing a big drawdown early in your retirement years. Um, it's it's less of a factor if it comes later in your retirement year. So um, first, you might want to pull back some of the risk prior to retirement. And then certainly as you are retired, um, that may be another time to revisit your risk assessment. Uh, we use Riskalyze, which is right on our website um, in the top right corner, um, to just assess, are you taking a comfortable level of risk or are you maybe taking a little bit too much 
because you've been in that growth and accumulation phase and now you're transitioning. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. We're talking about preparing for retirement. And here's something that's happened to me, Sam, in the last 10 to 12 days. I've had two cataract operations. I, I can see in HD right now. So it's very interesting how much or how little Medicare and Medicare supplements pay for that operation. So how much you need to set aside for health expenses. And of course, this was a routine operation and it still was very costly for me. So that's something you got to consider as well when you're on that fixed income. Yeah, I recall you saying, Chuck, uh, that the procedure that you elected to have uh, was not covered by Medicare. Yeah, only 50, about 50 percent. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that that's something that that you have to keep in mind, folks. Uh, and this is both pre-Medicare, you know, and post-Medicare, because many of you are retiring before the age of 65 today. So then the challenge becomes, OK, how do I build this bridge between call it 62 and 65? Because you're going to have some health expenses. You're going to have health care expenses. You're going to have health care insurance expenses. And in most cases, I'm finding that that is the largest single monthly expense that you're going to have pre-Medicare is the amount that you're going to have to spend on health care insurance. So we've got to figure that out. And then you are going to have uh, expenses when you go into retirement. Medicare does not cover everything. You're going to have additional money you're going to need to spend on Medicare supplements. Uh, we have a, a, a person in office. We have uh, Lake in the office who his entire focus is on Medicare and Medicare supplements. So if you have questions about that, you can contact us. We can get you through that. But like Chuck just said, the procedure that you want to have done may or may not be covered fully by Medicare. And depending upon what type of a supplement you have, it may not be covered at all. Yeah, absolutely. And the old rhetorical question, Andy, when do you reply for Social Security? That's a question that uh, is different for different individuals, isn't it? It absolutely is. Um, and, you know, I hate to always use the cliche, but it's it does depend. And it depends on what you need. It depends on what sort of longevity you have on your family. It depends on your age of your spouse. It, it, it just continues to depend. So um, the longer you can wait to claim Social Security, of course, the more monthly income you can generate. It's about an 8% increase every year that you postpone. So it can be pretty um, large if you can wait and go at your full retirement age or even wait till age 70. And if you do have a little bit younger spouse, it's very important to take into consideration if something should happen, she's down to one income. And so we want that to be as um, large as possible. So planning and, and taking some time to really understand how much different the benefits are going to be. Um, and that goes back to what Sam was talking about regarding, you know, working and if you're going to continue to work. Um, if you file for Social Security, you're limited to how much you can make between 62 and your full retirement age benefits. So just a few things to consider. And very quickly, about 30 seconds on this one, Luke. Uh, remember, if you're making money in retirement, uh, it affects your Social Security and the taxation thereof. It does. Yeah, many people don't know that their Social Security can be taxable. So whether you're working part-time, whether a spouse is working, um, if you have that extra income in, there's a chance that 50 to 85% of your benefits are going to be taxable. Now, if you're single, if you're um, not 
not working part-time and your only source of income is Social Security, it will not be taxed. Um, but you do want to look at that carefully if you have additional income coming in, again, from a spouse, from yourself, because your Social Security will get taxable and you'll want to ensure that you are um, prepared for that tax liability just on the federal side for um, Social Security taxation. Absolutely. And Sam, but we talk about preparation. This is where you can help people, right? Yeah, we like to have a visit with you. Uh, we call it a retirement lifestyle review just to see where you're at. Maybe you've got questions. Uh, can you retire? Are you ready to retire? Are you in a position to retire right now? Chuck, that's a big part of what that retirement lifestyle review does is gives you the answer to those questions that you've got going into retirement. You've got lots of questions. We've got lots of answers for you, but I need you to make a call, get a hold of us so that we can schedule that time to sit down with you in person. Absolutely. And as Sam says, it's no cost, no obligation either. Just find out where you're at in retirement by giving uh, the fine folks at Dual uh, Financial Strategies a call at 866-203-7486. Anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley, uh, it's 866-203-7486. And you'll get that wonderful assessment, the Retirement Lifestyle Review. No cost, no obligation. Let's see if you're a fit uh, for Sam or Andy or Luke or any of the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. Make that phone call right now. Let's take a break, Sam. What's coming up next? Well, how to navigate your retirement in a volatile market is next, and that is no easy task. When we come back, we'll outline some ways to get you the kind of retirement you've always dreamed of. We're back for Dual Financial Strategies, and I'm Chuck Caton, uh, sitting in here along with Sam Duell and Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And this is all about your retirement. And uh, let's face it, a Google search uh, for how to handle market swings in retirement will return millions of articles. Uh, do you want to sift through them all? Uh, the market uh, might be uh, burping, so let's hope it doesn't get uh, any worse. But many of those uh, articles are really focused on investment allocation. Not a bad thing, uh, but there are other areas that should be addressed, like increasing income in retirement. And everybody, Sam, wants to uh, talk about increasing their income in retirement. So uh, let's talk about how to think about market volatility, which we're seeing right now, and a plan for retirement income. How do we do it? Well, that's one of those things, Chuck, where a mindset has to occur when you go into retirement because most of us are used to the working years and you're viewing your retirement portfolio as this big bucket of money okay so you've saved seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for retirement but now what we have to do is we have to make a two-pronged fundamental switch first of all we've got to make a mental switch to looking at that money instead of it being in this big lump sum we have to look at it as how do we turn this into an income source and folks it has to be a planned income source you can't just pick away at this pile of money and hope that it's going to last because i promise you it will not last if you do that the number one concern for most of you is running out of money in retirement so we want that upside of the market obviously we want that but we've also got to have some sort of pressure relief valves we've got to have some guaranteed income in place we've got to have some savings tools in there that are structured so that you can get partial gains in that market but you never give back the losses because there's basically kind of three phases here if you're looking at planning to retire in the next five to ten years 
you're wondering about whether you should and how to position your savings during the home stretch. That's one of the things that we do. We need to see, are you positioned right now, even though you're going to work for a few years, for what's coming right down the road? Maybe you're right on the very cusp of retirement. And we need to get ready to implement the final pieces of that plan. I'm having a lot of discussions with clients now where we've put the pieces together. Everything is in place, but we're looking at it because they're ready to retire in the next three, four, five, six months. And has this market volatility impacted it? Or maybe you're already retired. You've got a plan that's done well over the past several years. But now, because you're not getting any sort of feedback or follow-up from your advisor during these volatile times, you're nervous about the effects of this latest market volatility and you need to know is the plan going to meet your current needs will it grow to the degree that it needs to grow over time and will it last for your lifetime yes that is a key because in retirement your concern again is running out of money i know it i've known so many people sam that have said that am i going to be okay well Well, first question we get can i retire and will i run out of money absolutely so uh, you have to get it from safe sources and i think andy uh, the one thing is uh, people need to have that strategy to weather market crashes and we haven't seen this uh, certainly for about 14 years or so. So there could be a lot of people that maybe were in their uh, 20s and 30s the last time we've seen a downturn and this kind of volatility and even a possible market crash. So uh, we have to be prepared for it. You should be prepared for it and working with someone that can help you create a plan to actually deal with those things. Because let's face it, I mean, we haven't seen a significant crash in well over a decade, and that is not like the market. So I think we should take it with a grain of salt and say we absolutely need to have a plan that can weather some of that. And what are you actually doing? I mean, is it just change a few mutual funds or do you actually have a fundamental plan that puts you into different asset classes that can stomach and deal with what's going on? And then do you have someone that actually is taking care of your needs and making sure that they are a fiduciary, making sure that they are tactically managing things that can change things? And it's not just a buy and hold philosophy. The goal is really pretty simple. It's like nobody wants to take a a change in their personal lifestyle because of the downturn of the market. Um, There's always, I mean, we have several things going on between the inflation and, you know, possible market upheaval. Um, Those do require some time and some effort to put together a structured plan that will work for you and give you the income that you need um, based off of the accounts that you have. and And of course, you have to take taxes into consideration. So just making sure that you have an income plan that will continue to go as as long as you're here and need it. Uh, food, clothing, and shelter, in my opinion, is not an option. It's, it's requirements. So making sure that you have that is pentacle. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those things that if you don't have a lot of experience with it, I said that if somebody was in their 30s the last time this happened back in 08, where we saw this market downturn, and uh, we talk about bad timing, uh, if you were retiring at that time and didn't have a cogent plan, uh, you were in a little bit of difficulty if you had everything in the market. So uh, when we talk, uh, Luke, about uh, diversifying our portfolio and being prepared for another downturn, we shouldn't be scared about it. Because I know when I think about uh, going back to 08, 
uh, let me think here. I was, yeah, I was in that retirement red zone, I guess, but I never thought about it. And I think some of our listeners don't think about uh, uh, the ramifications of uh, what this does to their retirement. Now, luckily, I wasn't retiring at that time, but if people are on the precipice of retiring now, let's talk about safe income and, and, and what it actually uh, includes, uh, because this is uh, one way to combat what's going on right now, because we can't have uh, too much of a top-heavy uh, stocks and bonds uh, portfolio, can we? Right. And if we've got a safe level of income coming in every month, every year, um, and that's covering our expenses, then some of the other you know, volatility is less of a concern because as Andy was just talking about, you know, if your food, clothing and shelter and expenses are taken care of, well, then you can continue to live um, your life. Maybe you don't have the discretionary income, but we are talking about things here and ways to potentially increase your income in retirement. And so uh, some of the safe some examples of safe income would be, you know, social security and pensions. And um, you can count on both of those because those are lifetime income sources. And specifically with social security, um, it has something called cost of living or COLA. Um, so it's adjusting your payment every year, potentially based on what's going on in, for inflation to increase that payment. So the, the benefit that you receive month one when you first start Social Security right now is not the benefit you'll be receiving, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 36 months later. Not all pensions have um, an increased payment built into them, but some of them certainly do. Uh, dividends are another piece of um Income, so company stocks producing or paying you to essentially own them. Um, no company is really immune to market shock. So even if the company's paying a strong dividend, doesn't mean that the price can't fluctuate. Um, but you can work with a portfolio manager to help select some stocks that have demonstrated some consistency in increasing their dividend rate over time. And that can help produce additional income that you can use for retirement. A lot of you have foregone um, spending that dividend money. You just reinvest the dividends, but in retirement, you can use that to spend. Um, another area is interest from high quality bond portfolio. So you really here want to look to diversify that portfolio between maybe corporate municipal bonds, but you have to be careful in this environment to um, the areas that you're going to. And lastly, annuity payments. Those are another source of of um, guaranteed income, lifetime income, just like these, the, the annuity payments are a lot like social security and pension in that you can count on this money and you won't outlive it. So the key here is that you have an income plan um, for not running out of money, that you're not just picking away at it and to ensure that you can reach ultimately your financial goals for your retirement years. Yeah, that is so important. And that's uh, what they do uh, best here at Dual Financial Strategies. And Sam's going to amplify it on in a moment. But let me uh, give you the phone number, first of all, 866-203-7486. You'll get that no-cost, no-obligation review anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley. It is a uh, wonderful assessment of your portfolio and that retirement lifestyle review. It is so important, Sam, right? Because when we talk about uh, preparation and navigating the rough waters that we're seeing right now, a lot of people have a lot of trepidation and uh, anxiety about it, and uh, you can assuage those fears for them, can't you? Well, that's what this is all about, Chuck. And that's, you know, we're talking about strategies. We're talking about planning. We're talking about really getting deep into this process, but that's what it's supposed to be. And 
I, I understand what you're running into in today's environment. You're running into a lot of things where you basically feel like you're just being sold something, like it's just a sales pitch. And boy, if you just happen to buy these three things from whoever that person is across that conference table at any given point in time, your fears are going to be put to the side. You're going to be perfectly fine. It's not that easy. Uh, the book, Chuck, that I wrote a couple of years ago now, we're in the second printing of it now, but it's called Purpose Determines Placement. And I named it that for very specifically because you have to look at every element of retirement. You have to look at every element of your retirement money and you have to say, what's the purpose of this? What is this portion of my retirement portfolio supposed to do for me? You have to give it a job. It has to be a named specific job. Now we've determined the purpose of it. Let's say that, let's say that you've got a portion of your money that you've saved a million dollars and you say well sam 50 percent of this money five hundred thousand dollars i want this to be positioned so that i don't lose money if the markets move off i don't have to be subject to the volatility i don't need it to be sexy i don't need it to be great cocktail party talk but i want to position this money so that it's there for me if i need it I can tap it for an income if I need it, but I don't want to have to be continually worried about this or watching this money through the ups and downs of the market. Well, you've just explained the purpose of it. Now you can turn around as an advisor and Andy or Luke or myself can say, well, then obviously that portion of your portfolio, that $500,000, that shouldn't be in the stock market. That shouldn't mm -hmm. be in the bond market because all of the things that you don't want to have happen with that money can absolutely happen there. So we have to start looking at the different things at that point in time. Are we going to use cash? Are we going to use CDs? Are we going to use fixed or fixed indexed annuities? What is the tool going to be? But purpose determines placement, Chuck. And hey, when they come in for the appointment, I want to get them a copy of that book as well, Chuck. So that they can have that little instructional guide we do to get them to and through retirement. Absolutely. That's very benevolent of you. And again, that's what it's all about. Adult Financial Strategies, helping you get to and through retirement and uh, ease your anxiety about that. It's 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486 to get that no-cost, no-obligation review, the Retirement Lifestyle Review. And again, Sam's second printing of the book, Purpose Determines Placement. 866-203-7486. Give them a call because it's all about your retirement. Let's take a break, Sam. What's coming up in the next segment? Well, going from acquisition to distribution of your retirement dollars is a big change. And it can also be a financial stumbling block if you're not prepared. We'll break it all down when we come right back. Welcome once again to your retirement. Chuck Caton here. Happy to be with you in this wonderful state of Wisconsin where I used to reside many, many moons ago. I was just a little bit southwest of where Sam, Andy, and Luke are right now. Uh, good old Madison, Wisconsin. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, pitfalls or pratfalls. Uh, neither one, as we know, is good when we talk about investment or retirement and planning to uh, get our money working for us in retirement. So getting ready is a long process. Lots of pitfalls to avoid. And a good advisor can help you navigate the road to retirement. That is for sure. So uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke have uh, outlined five mistakes you need to steer clear of. And Sam... Uh, again, well, this one is an obvious one that people are undergoing right now. If you don't guard against market declines, you could be in trouble. 
Yeah, and it's it's something that in a lot of regards, many people have gotten lulled to sleep on this over a great number of years in the past because when when the market fell like a rock in February, it effectively ended the longest bull market in history. The longest bull market in history. That means any of us that are listening, the longest time of sustained growth in the stock market that you've ever seen in your lifetime. And it was like a slap in the face because human emotion says, hey, if something is going up, it will never stop going up. But then on the flip side of the coin, many of you are scared right now because the same emotion takes over that says, hey, when something is going down, emotionally, it's never going to stop going down. Volatility continues to be a factor. But folks, I mean, I just got to be clear with you here. Volatility is always going to be a factor if you're going to be in the market. What you just went through these past number of years during this historic bull market was an anomaly. It was a freak. It was an artificially induced government funded event. Now, when those crutches come out from underneath that, now it has to act on its own. Now it has to get around on its own. What you experienced with that unprecedented level of growth was an artificial in, uh, injection of that type of, of uh, growth in the market. And now you've got to get used to the real world because volatility is going to be there. And we need to consider that for you when we're building your long-term retirement plan. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head, Sam, when you mentioned the term long-term. You have to look at it long-term. It's kind of like an 82-game uh, hockey or basketball season or 162-game uh, baseball season. You don't, uh, you don't win any championships in baseball in April and May. Uh, you have to uh, get through those playoffs in October and, unfortunately, November. November baseball. I'm not <laughs> big on that. But, Andy, uh, another mistake that's probably made by some of our listeners, if they're not careful, is uh, thinking of bonds as a safe investment, right? Well, I think that's the way they've been positioned for a long time. And, and although bonds are considered less volatile than stocks, they have their own downsides. I mean, particularly environment of rising interest rates. Interest rates and bond prices typically have an inverse relationship. So when one goes up, the other goes down. We've had some weird things go on in the last decade with bonds versus the market that are sort of unprecedented also. So you really need to be cautious and careful going into bonds and saying, oh, I'm just going to go you know, really heavy into bonds because that may not be the best position for you. That could you. be the worst decision you it, ever made in your life. It could be. And I we mean, saw that happen when people were running scared. From, we've seen it happen this year. Yep. I mean, that's part of the reason that we've seen such volatility in the markets is because at the same time that the markets are weak and supply chains are constrained and inflation is out of control, we at the same time are seeing the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, which naturally pushes the price of bonds down. Mm -hmm. So we have seen what's called a systemic drawdown in the market literally in the stock market and in the bond market there has been no place no place to run and hide absent going completely to cash but when you're in an eight and a half percent inflation environment how much time you want to spend setting in cash on right. the sidelines so it's very very uh difficult to navigate these types of times that's why you need the type of active management that we believe in yeah we're talking about mistakes you could be making if you're not careful here in retirement and luke uh, I guess the assumption that a particular financial tool is always good or always bad. You should never stereotype any of these things, uh, uh, should you? Right. I mean, it would be nice if everything, every tool out there was just black and white. Hey, this one's good. This one's bad. Don't touch that one. But um, 
you know, it, it, it all depends on the individual because sometimes we could say that investment A is great and investment B is, is terrible. Well, that could be true for some individual. But when we're looking at a larger group of people, um, we can't make those blanket statements. And I think one of the areas that we see um, many people sort of having mixed feelings about is the annuity. That's an example of of one. And they're either, you know, the perfect retirement solution for somebody or they're the worst financial product that you could ever think of on the face of the planet. Yeah. Um, but there's absolutely no one size fits all here. The, again, it, it's interesting with annuities because we find that when we hear that, those mm-hmm. extremes from one side to the other, it's either the best thing that there ever was or it's the worst thing that ever was. Mm-hmm. I would say, Luke, that 100 times out of 100 in the business, the years I've been in this business, the reason why it was being categorized as that is because somebody wanted to sell that person yes. something else. Sure. Yes. It had yep. nothing to do with that. It had to do with what their agenda was. So, Correct. Boy, we always caution people. When somebody says this is the greatest thing that there's ever been since sliced bread, or if this is the worst thing you could possibly do, the answer probably lies somewhere in between, and there's mm. probably an agenda there that somebody's well, trying was, to do. I was do. just going to say, and you know, you hear the the pundits on the television talk very vaguely about it. Oh, you should never own Yeah, you should whatever. never do this. It's and like, it's like, why? Why? And why? which one are you talking about specifically? Because there's lots of different tools out there. So I get equally frustrated with that. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I don't watch a lot of financial television, uh, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, that's why I listen to you guys, uh, and uh, so should our listeners here, uh, because we're talking uh, about your retirement. 866-203-7486 is the number to reach uh, Sam, Andy, or Luke here at Dual Financial Strategies. Now we've got a chart here, Sam. Uh, if you don't protect against long-term health care costs, uh, you're going to be behind the eight ball once again. And I know that Genworth did a survey here, so let's go over some of these things. I think you... you, you it's a staggering what the uh, costs are for some of these services between 20, uh, uh, 20, 20, uh, 21. Uh, you talk about inflation. Let's talk about some of these things. Oh, healthcare uh, and healthcare related services are the fastest inflating item that there is. So you think of you, those of you that are in that, that, category where you're starting to need health care and health care services not only are you know not only are you getting whacked at the gas pump and in the grocery store you're getting hammered on the health care side of it too it's almost doubly bad for you right now but the reality on long-term care costs and i'm not talking about nursing home when i say long-term care i'm talking about advanced age care that you're going to need the reality is that um about 50% of you are uh, that the cost of in-home long-term care, which is the most popular option, staying at home, having like a home health aide come in. Most of you underestimate the cost of that by about 50%. There's a lot of alternatives, but according to the study that Genworth did, home health aides, the predicted annual cost in 2021 is going to be about $62,000 a year. Wow. That's about that's a little over five thousand dollars a month. That's a twelve and a half percent increase since two thousand and twenty. Right behind it, homemaker services, where maybe you don't need home health aids, but you need somebody to come in and help you keep the house up, help you with your medication list, all of those types of things. That's sixty thousand dollars, Chuck. It's forty nine hundred dollars. So those two things are the fastest inflating. A full blown nursing home. Probably about $108,000 right now. That's about $9,000 a month. And all of these things are inflating anywhere from 2 to 12.5% a year. So you've got to account for that because the reality is that from this date and time until 2030, there will be 10,000 baby boomers that will turn 65 every day of the week. 
And the statistics tell us that 7 in 10 of you will require some type of long-term care in your lifetime, whether it's a homemaker service, a home health aid service, adult daycare, assisted living, nursing homes in a semi-private or private room, you're going to need something off of that list. So if you are not planning for that, if you are not having that discussion, I would say that you are kidding yourself that you're going to be the one that's going to just bypass all of that because Chuck, the numbers just keep getting higher and higher. Today, it's 7 in 10. In 10 years, I'm pretty sure it'll probably be more than 7 in 10. So don't mm-hmm. ignore this. You ignore it at your financial peril. Absolutely. And Andy, we've got about 30 or 40 seconds to discuss not having an income plan. We've talked about it before. You better have an income plan to cover not only this, but uh, other aspects of your retirement. Yes, I'm going to jump in here, Chuck. Andy had to step out of studio for just a minute here. Um, and you bring up a good point. You know, having an income plan is really important. And it doesn't matter, folks, what size your nest egg is. But once you retire, your paycheck from your job is going to stop. And there's always going to be some level of anxiety about running out of money or having to make lifestyle adjustments to to keep in line with that. But by having an income plan in place, um, by maximizing your social security strategy, that would be part of that income plan you can better handle how much you're going to need and where it's going to come from because you want to know that and you want to figure that out prior to needing to take it out. So one way that you can really benefit yourself is sit down with somebody that's an independent financial advisor that's experienced in working with retirees and pre-retirees who can put a priority on this income planning. And folks, this is things that we've done day in and day out. This is what we do. So um, we'd, we'd absolutely love to meet with you. Um, and Chuck can tell you how we can go about that. Absolutely. And the way to do that, Luke, is to uh, give Dual Financial Strategies a call. No cost, no obligation. See if you can work with them. They can work with you. And I'm sure uh, that will be in the affirmative. It's 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review for you. And remember, that is about your retirement. It's not about your next door neighbor, uh, not about your cousin or an in-law. It's your retirement, and it'll be a custom plan uh, specifically for your needs. What do you want in retirement? What do you desire? What do you want to do? What do you, uh, you know, as Andy said, you've got 2,500 hours to, uh, a week to kind of fill up. Uh, what's going to happen here? Uh, well, they can help you to and through. 866-203-7486. That's the phone number. And again, uh, Sam has penned uh, and into second printing uh, his book, which he'll give to you when you uh, meet with them. At no cost, no obligation. Purpose determines placement, and that is so true in retirement. 866-203-7486. That's the phone number to reach Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies with their over two decades of experience. Well, it's question and answer time, Sam, isn't it? Yep, it's time once again for questions from the listeners, and we're going to tackle those when we come right back. We're back here for Dual Financial Strategies. Chuck Caton here along with uh, Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel, who are going to handle our questions here. Uh, and uh, time once again to uh, go to the well uh, once again, because it is all about your retirement. And before we talk about that retirement lifestyle review that they can uh, perform for you about your particular situation, Sam and Luke are going to answer some questions, aren't you, gentlemen? 
we're going to give it a shot. All right, let's go to Appleton. Bob is there, and he says, I'm a little bit torn about how to approach my retirement planning. On one hand, I really want to understand all the details about my plan, but I've uh, talked to a couple of financial advisors who act like I should just let them handle all the details. Am I being a control freak by wanting to know everything that's going on in my situation? Well, Bob, I think the answer to that probably lies somewhere in between. Um, I would be very nervous uh, if I had a financial advisor that just said, hey, let me handle everything. Don't you worry about it. I'll take care of it. You know, I don't need any of your input. That would make me very nervous because I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm really not willing to, you know, take all of the money that I've saved and just turn it over to somebody uh, and say, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll take good care of it. I never need to talk to you again. On the opposite side of that coin, I will also tell you that a good financial advisor, somebody that really knows what they're doing and somebody that really practices it, is not sitting out there trying to run portfolios from day to day. They're not trying to appear to be the smartest person in the room. They're not even into all of the deep details of it, Bob. They're allowing other people to handle that. I'll give you an example of it. Uh, we use all hand-chosen secondary managers to manage our clients portfolios and the reason we do that is several reasons but the main ones are number one a financial advisor if they're actually working with you and working on crafting your lifestyle they do not have time and cannot put the necessary resources into watching some basket of portfolios that they they've chosen um, it's just impossible to do you they can't be meeting with you at two o'clock in the afternoon and watching a portfolio at the same time right. and i would say that in today's market that is impossible for an advisor to do they cannot serve two masters like that so I would, that's the first thing I would tell you. But the second thing I would tell you is if you start diving really deep into these things, and if you're the type of person that's sitting there looking at your accounts and refreshing the screen every three minutes to see what's going on, that's a fool's errand as well, Bob. Because unless you have a very well thought out, well crafted, crystal clear, and executable plan on what you're going to do if things reach level A, then to sit there and watch it all of the time and to just agonize over the minutia, that's a fool's errand because all you're doing is just setting yourself up for disappointment. There's going to be times you're going to be elated and there's going to be times that you're going to be out of your mind. So the good quality plan falls somewhere in between to where the advisor's job and the sub-advisor's jobs are to manage help and to run portfolios but the advisor that's in front of you they should be helping you manage your lifestyle and you do have to adapt to a certain level of trust there they have to earn your trust so that you do understand that what's going on in the background you know it and understand it I always say I think you should be able to put it down into a simplistic passion on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, but it's not your job, quote unquote, to get into the details of it. That's what you're paying us to do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, can you say manic depression? Uh, you don't want to go through that in retirement. Let's go to Shirley in Green Bay now. Luke, uh, Shirley wants to know about considering cutting back on part-time work. She is considering that. She's 63. And my husband uh, passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago, said Shirley. So would it be possible to receive uh, his Social Security benefits and still work part-time? Great question, Shirley. Thanks for asking this. I know a lot of people out there are wondering the same thing. Um, sorry to hear about the passing of your, your husband. Um, you can absolutely collect Social Security benefits and still work part-time. Uh, you do want to 
make some considerations that we'll talk about um, in ensuring that it's not penalty or penalized, but um, you're likely going to be collecting a widow's benefit here, drawing off of your husband's uh, social security record. Um, but there are some limits um, as to how much you can make and not have your social security penalized. Um, once, if you're drawing this benefit uh, prior to your full retirement age, which you would be at age 63 years old, in order to avoid the, the $1 penalty for every $2 that you go over, you want to keep your income under that part-time income under $19,560 prior to your full retirement age. If you were to go over that, they would start to pull some of that money back out of your uh, social security check. Um, it, the money is not all lost though. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna withhold it from you and then just slowly give it back to you over time. Um, but again, they're going to take it real quick and give it back to you really slowly. So you can absolutely do both take social security and work part-time. Just be mindful of those income limits. All right, let's go to Howard now, and Ross is there, Sam, for you, and he wants to know, why does a bond lose value uh, due to government interest rate increases and advancing market conditions, that up-and-down seesaw that uh, Andy talked about earlier? Ross, that's a really insightful question, and I think it's probably one of the least understood concepts that people have about the markets and about bonds. So I'll make this as simple as I possibly can. <laughs> Basically, the reason why you see that is because of the reaction to where money is best treated. That's where money always goes to, right? It goes to where it's best treated. It goes to where it could have the highest amount of either the highest amount of value or the highest amount of safety or lack of volatility. So think of it like this. Let's say that you've got a bond that you bought and it's paying 3%, right? And at that point in time, the markets are very, very volatile, and you're afraid of the, the ability to be able to make money in the market. Well, the bond looks pretty attractive at that point in time. But then all of a sudden, let's say that the markets, um, that the markets uh, get better, or the Federal Reserve starts to um, raise interest rates like they are right now, and all of a sudden, we're in a position where markets are pretty stable, and they're ticking along at you know, five or six percent, or even more than that, you could now go to a bank and you could get a CD for four percent. Well, you're looking at your bond and you're saying, well, wait a minute, I'm only making three percent on this bond. If I was in the market, I'd have to take some risk, but I could probably almost double my returns. And heck, I could go to this, go to the bank and get the complete safety of that FDIC insured CD for four. So you want to get rid of your bond, right? <clears throat> well, in order to get rid of your bond, you got to sell it. But now you're going to go out to the market and you're going to say, hey, I've got this 3% bond for sale. You want to buy it? Well, the bond buyer is going to look at it and he's going to say, well, yeah, I'm willing to buy it, Ron, but or Ross, but here's the deal. You want me to take your 3% bond and the underlying risk so you can go buy a 4% CD. Well, I can take the same money to buy your 3% bond with it, and I can go buy that 4% CD. Mm -hmm. So then you will discount the price of your bond. He's not going to give you face value for it because you're selling a lesser instrument that still has risk in it to go buy a guaranteed instrument. So that's called a discount. It's a face value discount. That's why you see the face value of bonds dropping as interest rates rise because there's a better more attractive alternative other than those bonds. Absolutely. Hope that helps. Yeah, well, Professor Duell, you did a magnificent job in explaining that. All right, our final question comes from Teresa in Little Shoot, and Luke, she wants to know, as a 59-year-old, she's got no credit card debt, no children, three cats, 
<laughs> and I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but, uh, but her house is paid off. So uh, well, the cats are expensive. That's <laughs> add that into the budget. Add that the budget. She's got a net worth of about a half million dollars. She says she's hoping to retire in three years. Three thousand dollars a month uh, is what her pension is. She's got the Social Security estimated at about two thousand a month. Expenses are around two thousand a month. So do you think I can retire at sixty-two? Sounds like good numbers. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for writing in and asking your question. Um, yeah, your scenario sounds wonderful. I mean, you have um, certainly stewarded your money well here. I mean, you've got your debts paid down, no credit card debt, no house debt, and you've got expenses that are really modest with a strong level of, of regular, what we would call mailbox money coming in at, at $5,000. So given that you've got more income than you have expenses even already you know three years prior to your your retirement goal here and being eligible for social security i would say on the surface you are positioned well to be able to retire in that time frame um it, one of the concerns in the back of your mind might be well gosh i you know the talking heads and other people are saying i need a million dollars to to retire but you know it's it seeming like you know things are looking great and i've only got a half a million dollars in assets i mean the way you're positioned now you've got again more income than expenses and that half a million dollars that you have saved that's just icing on the cake that you can discretionary money discretionary money yeah. yeah to to pull on as needed to spend on the cats to, yeah because <laughs> those are expensive that's right <laughs> um but, you know, some other things that you may consider as you're um, going into retirement over the next three years as you're doing planning is what's your goal for the money? What's the goal for the half a million dollars that's sitting over there? You know, do you want to position that well for a charity? Do you want to position that well for loved ones? And another big piece, um, especially with your strong pension, is ensuring that you've got some sort of plan in place for taxation because you're going to see a time um, down the road where you've got to take some required distributions, assuming that, um, you know, part of that half a million dollars is in a 401k or an IRA that's never been taxed. So, you know, taxation, taxes, Uncle Sam, you know, that's kind of the silent partner here in your retirement. Um, so those are things to consider. Um, but otherwise, you have a you have a strong financial position right now three years out from retirement all right so sam quickly what can you do for our listeners as we wrap up the show well it's just all about reviewing at this point chuck it's coming in setting down we call it a retirement lifestyle review but it's really just an opportunity for you to ask questions that you have maybe you've heard us on radio you've been to one of our in-person events we know you've got questions and we know that at this point in time you're pretty concerned there's a lot of fear that's out there right now and maybe what you need to do is just to have a second set of eyes on what you're doing see if it makes sense see if what you're doing is the best positioning for you given today conditions and just that checkup if you will to get you to the point that you need to be at it's no pressure it's no obligation there's no pushing there's none of that sort of stuff folks this is not a sales pitch it's an educational process and i can't tell you the number of times that we have people come in that say i appreciate the fact that you wanted to take a look at it and i never ever felt pressure to do anything it was truly educational and i really understand what i'm doing now better than i did with the advisor that i've been with for the last 10 years all right, and that's easy to do to uh, reach uh, Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies by calling 866-203-7486. That's 866 866- 
203-7486. And get that retirement lifestyle review. And as Sam said, no cost, no obligation. Sit down, have a nice cup of coffee or a glass of water or a little tea, whatever is on your uh, uh, repertoire of uh, beverages. And uh, anywhere in the Fox Valley you're listening to us, it's all about your retirement. And it's all about them taking care of you in preparation thereof. 866-203-7486. That's the number to reach the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. And Sam, we've run out of time, but you uh, have some final thoughts. Hey, just appreciate everybody tuning in this weekend and uh, just uh, give us a buzz or we will catch you right here, same time, same station next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.